Lord, for lives that are already in you. God, I pray they would change even more and they would go even deeper with you. And God, for lives that don't even know you, I pray that they would be changed and they would see your love for them. So, Father, uh, be with us tonight and uh, help us to see you for who you really are. Amen. Well, hello. Um, last time that I was up on the stage preaching, we were in another building. So this is a totally different environment, but it's really awesome. I love it. It's so cool. It was like coming up here was like state championship kind of uh, feel. It was like, you know, game time, and I was like getting really, really nervous. But it's really awesome. I love this building. I love you guys. But um, anyways... Uh, we've been in a series called All, Abo- All Aboard the Struggle Bus, and uh, how God put it together is just so cool to me. Um, so the first week, Kenny talked about, uh, in Romans chapter 7, the struggle with sin, and how even though we are believers, um, we will always struggle with sin, and we will struggle with um, our desires for sin, but and we, we will never be you know, we will never not sin on this earth until we get to him, and then we won't sin anymore. And then the week after that, Connie preached about being comforted in, in God, finding comfort in God, and with that comfort we have in God, go comfort others. And then last week, Kenny talked about bearing one another's burdens and how we shouldn't let sin go. Uh, how we bear each other's burdens the most is by calling out the sin or making it known, revealing it, putting it in the light with uh, grace and humility, and um, and it was just so cool because I was like, God, you know, what I'm going to do is I'm going to preach about something happy, you know, because every time I get up here, I'm like on the verge of tears, and I'm like all serious and everything, all the mood's just kind of down, you know, it's like real serious. I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm going to preach about something like like joy or, you know, like something to make people laugh or smile or something, but it like, it, it just doesn't happen. Like, I can't get away from sin. I can't get it off my mind. It's what's so heavy on my heart all the time. It's what's so heavy on my mind. And, and I just have to talk about it. We can't not talk about it because the thing is, it's the only thing that can separate us from God. And, and I, it's on my mind and on my heart so heavily. And I, I, can't, I can't wrap my mind around sin, though. So we can talk about it in so many different ways. We talked about the first week in this, uh, in this series is our struggle with it. Like we don't want to do it, but it just it continues to creep in, and we continue to do it. And like, why do we do it? If I'm free from sin, why do I continue to sin? And then last week it was talking about making the sin, bringing the sin to light. If you see a brother who is in sin, we should bring it to light. And um, this week, it was just, uh, I didn't want to talk about sin again. We talked about it twice, but I just, I couldn't help it. There was a question at the beginning of this chapter, uh, or this book of Romans, uh, in this Bible, and it says, if God knows we're going to sin, and Jesus promises to forgive us of our sin, why can't we just go ahead and sin? And that's a really, really good question, um, that is going to be answered tonight in this passage. But I also have another question for you. And that's, if Jesus took our sin 
so seriously, why do we not take our sin just as seriously? And that's what's been so heavy on my heart because I see so many people around me, and even in myself, I see this in myself, living a life of habit, living a life of slavery to sin, even though we're set free from sin. And we continue to do things that don't please God. We continue to claim Christianity. We we continue to claim Jesus Christ as our Savior, yet we do not live like He has called us to live. We talk about things that He doesn't want us to talk about. We watch things on TV that He doesn't want us to watch. We continue to go places that He doesn't want us to go. We continue to think about things that He doesn't want us to think. We continue to buy things that He doesn't want us to buy. And we act like it's nothing. We act like it's just part of life. And we're just these creatures of habit, and we continue to do things because, you know, because we're in this society, like we, you know, it's not, it's not right if we don't have cable television, right? Like, a car in this society is necessary, right? And buying certain things is necessary in this society because we have made it necessary. And the scariest part is that even in here, like, I, I don't want us to think that because we're simple church and because we took a stand on the way things were being done, it doesn't mean that we're doing them right. And it doesn't mean that we just stop doing what we're doing. Like, it doesn't mean that we stop pursuing after the right thing. It doesn't mean that, that yeah, we got, it, we got it together. And I know none of us think that. And it's obvious that no one thinks. No one thinks I'm perfect. No one thinks that we got it all together. No one thinks that. But we continue to, we may live our lives that way. And I don't want, it, I don't want us to think, oh, yeah, we're simple church and we have a good preacher. We have good people in here that, that have a level mind and they, and they preach the right things and Kenny preaches against sin. I don't want us to think that because we're in this environment, because we have a good pastor, because we do all these great things and we're called simple church, we're not called something else uh, and, and acting all righteous and pious and all that kind of things. It doesn't mean that we are good. And it doesn't mean that we shouldn't continue to pursue after Christ individually and that's the thing I see so often, and it hurts my heart because I'm thinking, if we're, if we're claiming Christ and we're claiming these things, it's just like Kenny was talking about, you know, we, we go into the huddle and we get all passionate and, we, and I, someone, he gets up here and we're like, yeah, let's go reach the world. Yeah, let's stop doing this. Let's start doing this. Yes, Jesus died for my sin and I love him so much because he loves me and we're simple church. We're going to do it right. We're going to pursue after Christ and we're going we're gonna to serve the community. We're going to serve this world by sharing the gospel with it. But then we go straight to the sidelines instead of running the play. How much sense does that make? It doesn't make any And the problem is not with this group of people. The problem is in the individual. It's in the the heart of the individual, right? Like when you go home 
what is your mind on? It's, it's almost like there's a different feel as soon as the, the music stops and as soon as Kayla stops singing, it's almost like, okay, yeah, out of worship time, let's go do our own thing. Let's go continue to do what we were doing because we're, you know, we're in this routine. And we never get out of the huddle and get on the line. And we never want to go head to head with the other people. We never want to just push it downfield, even if it's inch by inch. problem is with the individual and that's what we fail to see we fail to see that we're all just terrible people we really are like and you might think it was like well he, he's talking about somebody else well, I'm, I'm talking about everybody including me the struggle that I had this week was realizing that I was terrible The struggle that I had this week was realizing that that I've actually got to do something. Like, like God, these people over here are hungry. It was like, well, that's why I made you. Well, these people over here don't have the gospel. Well, that's why I made you. And that's, that's really something cool about um, being a youth pastor, I guess, or whatever I am here. I don't know what y'all call it because we're simple. But there's something really cool about that that has changed me. It's, um, it's that y'all know that I am whatever y'all call me. And that means that I have to be an example. That means I can't just sit back, relax, listen to a sermon, sing some songs, and go home. I can't, I can't tell my kids to go share the gospel in their school if I'm not sharing the gospel in mine. And I can't tell them to, to push through hard times and lean on Christ if I don't push through hard times by leaning on Christ. And I can't tell them to make God their everything if I'm not making God my everything. And the only reason why God called me to that is because He is my everything. It's just that a change it is, it's so hard, like Kenny was talking about, it changed. Every, the hardest times in our life because, are because of change, and this is a huge change for me, and it's bringing out things in my heart that I didn't know were there, and he's making me a different person. But I want, to, I want us to realize, I started thinking to myself, why in the world was that only limited to pastors or to deacons or to people who are in some sort of high standing, why is that limited to those people? Why isn't it everybody in the, in the seats right here? Why isn't everybody in the chairs doing something? I mean, this, this Bible begs that question, for real. And we should, we should take it more seriously. And I know, I mean, y'all are thinking, it's like, well, I know I'm not good. Was like, well, I know I don't read my Bible enough. Well, I know I don't share the gospel enough. That's not the point. The point is, do you want that? The point is, where is your heart? The point is, is do you want God more than anything? Because if you don't, the door is over there. The door is right. It's, it's open for you. You don't have to come back. 
In fact, if God's not everything you want, and if you're not wanting to follow after God with everything you have, and you're just in here claiming to be a Christian, but instead your heart is somewhere else, I think the best thing might be for you to maybe not come back for a little while, examine yourself, maybe realize that you're just like the world, and that your heart desires the same things the world desires, and maybe then come back and say, maybe I didn't have it. That's really hard to say because probably some of you that are thinking, who is this guy? Like, you know, go ahead and leave. You know, let, let's just stay. Let, make, let those people stay so they can hear the gospel over and over and over. And maybe then eventually they'll, they'll follow after it. But the problem is, is those people think they've already got it. And the really, really, really big problem is that even some of us who do have it aren't doing anything about it. And that's so hard to say because it's so hard to do. The concept is so simple, but it is so hard. It is so hard. It's so hard to say it because I've been that way before not doing anything. But I want us to look inside of our hearts individually. Forget tonight, forget about everything you've learned in church. I'm not about to share to you some new, crazy, awesome, it is crazy awesome, but it's not new. Just forget Everything you've learned, forget all the sayings, forget all the cliches, forget everything you heard about the gospel. Act like it's the first time you've ever heard it tonight. Act like that. Act like that this is not your uh, second time to church in a week. Because how often do we really hear, we hear the gospel a lot, don't we? Some of us, it's twice a week. Some of us, it's every day through the songs we listen to. Some of us, it's every day if you, if you do a devotion. But there's something about humans. I, I don't know what it is, but things become numb, right? Some, some, uh, that song that you loved so much a month ago, it's like, eh, I'm not feeling it anymore. Comes on your iPod, spend $1.29 on it on iTunes, and all of a sudden it comes on, you're like, yeah, forget that song, I, I already heard it not really want to hear it again. I know what it says, and I'm tired of it. We really can get that way about the gospel. We really can. I know it's a, it's a crappy truth, but we really can get that way. And it's crazy that we can read our Bibles, and we can apply the truths that we've heard over the years in church and not really understand what we're reading, not really understand what we're doing. And so there came a point in my, in my walk with Christ that um, I had to stop being on the spiritual milk. 
there came a point where I had to make that decision and God was calling me to go deeper and stop letting the, the pastor feed me the truths that I needed to start my relationship with Christ because I had no clue when I was in. I had never, I didn't grow up in church. So, uh, you know, and both my parents, they were not Christians when I was growing up. So it wasn't like I was hearing uh, God's truth as I was growing up. It wasn't like I was coming to church hearing it. I, I wasn't scarred by um, certain church experiences that some of you have. I started going to church in the ninth grade and got saved in the tenth and never got over it. But we can really get numb to it. And I got to that point where I realized I've got to get off this spiritual milk because I have no idea what I believe. The only thing I know is what I've heard. And the only thing that I know when I read my Bible, I just read it and I say, oh yeah, Jesus died for my sins. That's great, man. I read that in the last chapter too. And I read it in the last book too. Read that in the Old Testament. Read that in the New Testament. Yes, that's great, man. Yeah, it's really awesome. Yeah, I'm free from sin. Yeah. Right on, man. I'm so glad that I'm free from sin. Moses did this. Abraham did this. Then Paul went on his journey. Man, that was awesome, right? Yeah, I just get used to it. At some point, all of us have to realize that you've got to do it on your own. You are an individual, and God loves you. God chose you to do something. And God is calling all of us to go. God is calling all of us to do something. I don't know what it is, but God's not calling us to sit around and go to two church services in a week. God is not calling us just to read our Bible every day. That's not the point. God's not just calling us to invite our friends to church. Let's just forget about everything that we've learned right now. Let's forget it all and see what he says about it. Let's see how serious Jesus took sin. And let's, re- let's evaluate our hearts and see if we take it just as seriously. See if it's that big of a deal to us. Because it was a big enough deal to him that he died. If you have your Bibles, turn to Romans chapter 8. And we're going to start in verse 1. So, that's the first word. We're going to stop there. That's just pointing back to what Kenny talked about in week one. In Romans chapter 7, the verses right before it, Paul was talking about his struggle with sin and how uh, it's inward war of, of wanting to do sin, but he wants to follow after Christ. And so then he says, so, which is pointing him back to when Paul says, oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God. The answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. So, now, there's no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. 
And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. He did this so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us, who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the Spirit. Did you know that God loves you? I know you hear that every week. We heard it on Easter and all those things. We literally hear it just about every day. You can go down the road here or somewhere else. You'll see a sign that says Jesus loves you or Jesus saves or something like that. But at nighttime, or when you're just thinking to yourself, talking to yourself, do you actually know that Jesus loves you? That he loves you a lot? That he's crazy about you? That he is deeply and passionately in love with you? See, he loved us even though we sinned. It's crazy all the different twists and different ways to put that. It's almost as if when you're a preacher and you're preparing a sermon, you want to say that in a way that no one else has ever said it before. You want to be able to tell them and, and touch a nerve in their heart that just sends them over the edge. It's like, oh, I didn't realize Jesus loved me that much. That's all I have to say, is that Jesus loves you. Jesus Christ loves you. An individual loves you very much. He loves you, although you rebelled against Him. Even though you chose a path that did not include him, he loved you enough to help you recognize that. He loved you enough to bring your terribleness to the light and say, I don't care how terrible you are. I love you anyway. And I can take away all of that, all your dirtiness, I can take it away and I can give you a life that is more satisfying than any life you could ever live on your own. And it can give you comfort beyond what anything on this earth can comfort you. And it gives you a peace that passes every bit of your understanding. He loves you that much.
And he loves you so much that although you started to follow him, you turned to sin again because it was right there in front of your face and you decided, I'm not going to follow Jesus at this moment. He loved you so much that even then he said, I'm not giving up on you. Even then, he turned your face again and said, follow what matters. Follow what is best for you. See, what Jesus did is that there was this, uh, there was this method that they used uh, in the Old Testament back in the day before Jesus came. And let, uh, let's just remember that we don't know any of this. This is the first time we've heard this. They had this thing called the law, and we were supposed to follow it, right? In fact, to get to heaven or to, to please God, we would had to be perfect. This law would have been fully fulfilled in us if we were to please God. It would have to be. We would have to perfectly follow the law, never mess up, never make a mistake. Well, it's a good thing that that's not why I was put there. See, the reason why God put it there is what I was saying earlier, is to bring our sin to light, to bring our sin to the surface, to help us recognize that we are terrible people, that we do have dirty hearts, and that we need them to be cleaned up. The law was put there so that we would humble ourselves and say, I can't do it. And say, this is impossible. I can't be that good. There's no way. Jesus put it there so that you would say that. And then Jesus says, that's the point. You can't follow it. You can't be perfect. You can't be like me. That's why I came. He came to fulfill the law in us. We as followers of Christ, if you are a follower of Christ, if you are in Christ, have fulfilled the law perfectly. Jesus fulfilled the law for us. That's why we are made righteous. And because he did that, we now are led by his spirit. So it says in verse 4, we no longer follow our sinful nature, but we follow His Spirit. So I want to ask, if you claim to be a Christian, that is, if somebody comes up to you in public and says, hey, how would you identify yourself? A Christian, Muslim, what? Christian. If you claim to be a Christian, why are you not following after the Spirit that lives in you? And let's just go ahead and answer the question about if God knows we're going to sin and Jesus promises to forgive our sin, why not go ahead and sin? Because Jesus Christ's Spirit lives in us and because He doesn't lead us to sin, we no longer desire to live a life full of sin. It is not that Jesus loves us and he's like a parent and it's just calling us. 
He loved us and died for us so he could put his spirit in us so that we would live for him. Not so that we can know that he loves us and go live our own life. And stop claiming that you're free from sin if you are in fact a slave to sin. If you're living a life full of sin, and that's your desire, throughout the day your desire is not to follow after Christ, it is to follow after your sin, you're not a Christian. You know, I know because the Spirit of Christ doesn't live in you. Now that doesn't mean, and this you've heard this a million times too, well it doesn't mean you won't sin. That's not an excuse to sin. It's not an excuse to continue in sin. It's not an excuse to to not live out your freedom. He says that he died so that that sin's control over us would no longer be there. He declared an end to it. He declared an end to sin's control over me. I am free. So I'm going to live out my freedom. My freedom is in Christ. My freedom is to live this life fully for him. That means I can live anywhere share his gospel anytime, and I can do what I want to do in Christ because my desire is his desire. Not that I am after myself and God just fits in the picture. You've also heard that a million times too. If you are a Christian, his spirit is in you and you can't stop thinking about him. You can't stop trying to follow him. There's no way you can go a day without thinking about the love that he showed you. And if you are in the midst of sin, there's no way you can go a day without being miserable in it. There's no way. There's absolutely no way because his spirit does not allow imperfection. It doesn't allow. If it's there, it cannot continue. It won't continue because you hate it. If Christ's Spirit is in you, hate sin every bit as much as He does. And you want to follow Him. You want to obey God every bit as much as Jesus Christ did. That's the point of His Spirit living in us. We are free from sin. So why do we live in it? Why? Why do we continue? And how do we not know? If your life is full of sin and that's your desire, how do you not know that Christ is not in you? That's the struggle. That's the struggle for true Christians, true followers of Christ. You're like, you don't know the love that you're claiming. You have no idea how much God loves you because if you did, you would just go full force over it. You would fall head over heels for it and you would live anywhere he told you. You would do anything he told you to do. And if you messed up, you know his love can never be separated from you. And you know that no matter what happens, I'm going to live for him. I don't care who says anything. It might hurt at the time, and yet I might fall, uh, I might fall victim to, to feeling nervous and, and feeling, trying to be accepted. I may fall victim to those things, but I'm going to stand right back up because I'm more than a conqueror in Christ. And because he made this world, and I'm living in it for him. Not for myself, not so I can live in a big house, not so I can be comfortable, not so I can come to church twice a week. I want to go somewhere where there's no church. I want to share the gospel with people who've never been in the building. I want to share the gospel with people who don't speak English. I want to share the gospel with people who have no idea what this is like in the South. 
I want to share the gospel with people who have never, ever, ever heard of it. And they fall head over heels in love with Jesus because of how much he loved them. This is not a game. So why don't we just go inch by inch down this field until we hit the touchdown? Instead of going back and sitting on the bench, exactly what we do. That's exactly what we did after Kenny preached about it. We went home, we sat down on the bench. We went home, thought about ourselves, watched our TV shows, did what we want to do, said what we want to say. That's what we do. So why not go? Why not risk it all? Let's risk our lives. And if you don't want to do it, like I said earlier, there's the door. You don't have to. But I'm telling you, it's the best thing. Because this love is like no other love. This life is so much more fulfilling than any life you could imagine. I'm still blown away day by day why God loves me so much. I'm blown away that I'm up here. I'm humbled because I'm terrible. But that just drives me to do what he wants me to do. And you're not doing it for his love. You're doing it because of his love. And you've heard that a million times as well. Let it sink in. The reason why he preached this truth over and over and over and over and over and over because it never changes. It never changes. And it will still penetrate your heart today just like it did on day one. I'm just as blown away now that God loves me as, as I did when I was sitting on the beach on June 2nd, 2010, and I was blown away at how big God was that he could hold the ocean in his hand, and no one ever told me that. It just came to my head because he told me, I can hold that in my hand, and you should believe in me. I'm still just as blown away about it now as I was then. And I pray that at the end of my life, and I've said this before, and you've heard this before a million times, just like you have everything else, that at the end of my life, I want every ounce of my being to be poured out. I want my last breath to say something about what Jesus did for me and what he can do for everybody else. And I don't want my funeral to be about me. I want it to be about Jesus. And the thing, reason why we say those things is because if those are not your desires, then you missed it. I know you don't know the God that I know and that so many of these people in here know. If you're not paying attention right now, and if you don't want to live your life for Christ, and if you don't want to give up everything for Him, and if your desire is not to share the gospel, I know you don't know Him. Let's continue reading. Verse 12. We're skipping over two paragraphs because it just talks about following after following after the Spirit instead of yourself. But it says a lot of things in there, and we're kind of constrained by time. So 
verse 12. It says, Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. Do you hear the love in the very first part? Dear brothers and sisters, that is my heart for all of us as one as one unit, as a body. Dear brothers and sisters, people I care about, people that I want to see do better, but most of all, I want us to see us, I want to see us go forward. I'm not in the business of staying the same. And I hope I never will be. I do not want a flat line. I don't want this room to be filled up with hundreds of people and just leave it that way. I'm not in the business of making sure these chairs get filled up so someone can hear me speak. I'm in the business of going forward. Pushing on in the race. No, I don't care if I'm tired, I'm still going to go. I don't care if I'm about to fall down and faint because God promised me that I will not. So if I start feeling like I'm about to give up, I'm just going to keep on going. That's what I'm in the business of doing. That's what I want to do. I want my entire life to be pushing forward. And I want us as a body of believers, to keep pushing forward. I want everybody in here to keep going. And if you're in here and you're not going at all, you're holding us back. I really, really, really hate to say things like that. But the point of it is, Is so that it would bring it to light. I would not be showing love to any of you if I did not say the truth. And the truth is so heavy on my heart that I've, I've got to say it. It's so heavy convicting me, telling me to go forward, telling me just keep going. I don't care if you don't know what you're going to do with the rest of your life. I don't care about any of those things. It's telling me to keep going. Just keep going and live out your freedom. Live out your freedom from sin. Start caring about the gospel. Just care about it. And like I said earlier, if you don't care about it, you're not in it. And there's some of you in here that aren't listening. You're not listening. You're staring at the wall. You're staring at the ground. You're thinking about where you're going to go eat. I don't care if you're doing that. I'm just telling you, you're missing something awesome. You're missing the best thing for your life. 
You're missing the moments where it's going to get hard, like super, super hard. You're going to miss it because you're not following after Christ. Instead, you're going to follow after yourself, and you're just going to go deeper in a hole of confusion. I'm telling you, in Christ there is purpose. In Christ there is strength. In Christ there is life. And in your sin, in following yourself, there's only death. There's only, there's, only, uh, there's only disappointment. That's all there is in following yourself. Getting a career, I'm telling you, one day when you get there, one day when, when you make a lot of, you make the big bucks, I'm telling you, one, you're going to look back and say, I missed something. There's something missing. You know, all these friends I had, there's still something missing. And if you're in Christ, there's going to be times where you don't have any friends. See, it looks so backwards. And what I'm saying is, is about Christ, you're, you're going to live in crazy places. You're going to do crazy things. But I'm telling you, I cannot describe to you what's in my heart. I cannot describe to you the feeling that God gives me of peace and of, and of joy and of fulfillment and satisfaction. I cannot describe to you that feeling. The only way you're going to know it is if you have it yourself. And I cannot explain it to you. That's why God does it in His Word. That's why His Holy Spirit gets inside of you and starts telling you that you need Him. The understanding of God comes from the Holy Spirit, and you've got to listen to Him. And why I'm saying all this is because if you're not in Christ, stop claiming Him. Stop it. Don't say it. Don't say I'm a Christian when you're really not. It's the most amazing thing I've ever heard is that someone would come to church, waste their time, they would just come to church once or twice a week to make an appearance. That is such a waste of time. Why would you do that? That amazes me that people who don't want to follow after God at all continue to come and hear about following after God or lack thereof in some churches. It just amazes me. I'm like, I don't want to come and talk to people for an hour. I don't want to, I, I don't want to waste my time with faking stuff. Why would I do that? I would just go do something I enjoyed. Instead of skipping every, every other Sunday to go fishing, I would just go fishing every Sunday. I wouldn't come here. I wouldn't go anywhere. What's the point? What's the point in claiming Christ if you're not going to live for Him? There is no point. There is none. And don't say you're free from sin if you're a slave to it. Don't do that. Just admit it. Admit that you're a slave to sin or you'll be much better off. Because once you get there, you're going to realize this sin is killing me. I can't handle it. And if you know that you're not a Christian, and you're telling yourself, I'm going to put it off. I, I've got time. I'm just going to live. And you've heard this one million and one times, that you don't have tomorrow. And that is 100% true. You may not. But you know, that's not up to me. It's about the individual. It's about you recognizing it yourself. It's about you not thinking about everybody else around you, trying to dress like everybody else around you, do the things everybody else around you is doing, instead following after Christ. And what's amazing is this message is no different from the ones we've heard previously, 
until, since the church was started. That's what's amazing to me, is that how can we continue to live this way? How can we continue to go to the, at some point, someone's going to go to the huddle and say, why do we keep going back to the bench? You know, are we just saying a bunch of stuff, getting all passionate for nothing? Yeah, pretty much, if we're going back to the bench. And if you want to go to the bench, that's okay. That's That's not on me, that's on you. You can go to the bench because just like in the story of Gideon, it was a lot of people. It was a ton of people. And all of a sudden, it just keeps getting narrower and narrower, fewer and fewer and fewer people. Crazy things happen, fewer people. And they still won. You know what my prayer is? And this is real. I pray that God would shake up every single one of us. I say us because of me too. I'm not up here saying all this because I'm awesome and because I'm actually doing it. No, I'm saying all this because I realize that we need to. I pray that God would shake up every single one of us to follow after him in a deeper way And there would be fewer people. Not that there would be fewer believers. I don't hope that. I hope that the people in here are believers. And I hope that that eventually there are going to be people coming in here who aren't believers and they become believers. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying just like God did with Gideon, he narrowed it down to 300 people. And they're going up against a giant army. My prayer is is that we would stop being fake. My prayer is, is that the people in here will be warriors. Knowing that there's going to be battles that we lose, but the war is already won. We already have the victory. We are more than conquerors in Christ, and nothing, nothing, nothing can separate us from His love. So why not risk it all? Why not live in a teepee in Africa? Why not do those things? Because your life is nothing without living for Christ. Your life is is worth nothing. Absolute zero. It's worth nothing if it doesn't have Christ and you're following after him because he is the purpose. He is the creator. And he came to die and, and raise again for us so that we would live for him. And when we get there, brothers and sisters, When we get there, we will be made right. We will be perfect. No longer will we struggle with sin. No longer will we struggle with sorrow. No longer will we struggle with seeing other people live in sin and claim Christ. No longer will we see those things. No longer do we have to live here, but live in the presence of God and worship Him and finally see the man who died for us and give Him a giant hug and fall at His feet 
because of everything he did for such a sinful, miserable man and woman. That's what we have to look forward to. That's what we have to look forward to if we're in the Spirit, if Christ is in us. And in between those verses that I read, says this, But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit, if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to Him at all. That's crazy that it actually says that. Now you know that it wasn't just me saying it. It's what's in here. Now I just want to talk about one more thing. That we no longer have an obligation to follow after our sinful nature. You know what that tells me? That tells me that we have a responsibility. That tells me that we actually have to try. That tells me that we actually have to care about it and put some effort into it. Because it says right after that, but if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. It is by the Spirit that you, as an individual, you put to death the deeds of the flesh. When sin presents its opportunity, you, we, have a responsibility to lean on the Spirit and put to death those things that hinder us from going after Jesus. You had that responsibility. And if sin is the overall pattern of your life, and you know what category you're in, I don't have to tell you, and I'm not going to describe it because you know what side you're on. If sin is the overall pattern of your life, and you are not controlled by the Spirit, and I'm telling you, if sin is the overall pattern of your life, you are not controlled by the Spirit. They don't mix. Then you have to realize that. You've got to do something about it. And if you're hearing this, if you heard these words, that means God's calling you to do something about it. And it's not just based on your efforts. That is not what I'm saying. Please don't get that mixed up. It is through the Spirit. His Holy Spirit gives you strength. I cannot explain to you the strength He gives you when you are tempted and you lean on Him and you say, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to follow after Christ. I'm going to bring glory to God with my life instead of bring glory to myself through my sin. The strength that you receive and the comfort and the peace is unexplainable. Unexplainable. And it goes on to say 
in chapter 8 that we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. We are more than conquerors. Nothing will stop us. Nothing can stop God, and nothing is going to stop me from going after Jesus. There's nothing on this planet that will stop my passion for Jesus Christ. Nothing, absolutely nothing. And you can kill me. That's fine with me because I just get to be with him a little sooner. And if you don't, I'm going to share the gospel with you. And I'm going to go share it with everybody else. I'm going to share it with my life, and I'm going to share it where I'm at, wherever I'm at. I don't care if I'm making a million or none. That's what I want my life to be because he made me more than a conqueror. I have nothing to worry about. I don't have to worry about a single dime that's coming my way. I don't have to worry about a single persecutor. I don't have to worry about ISIS. I don't have to worry about anybody because I'm more than a conqueror. And I don't care if you kill me. I'm going to pursue after Jesus. I'm going to finish this race. And we're all going to do it together. No matter what comes our way, we're going to step over the obstacles and we're going to finish. Because he made us more than cars. We are weak, but he is strong. He is stronger than anything you can wrap your mind around. He is strong, even though we are weak. And because he is strong, we are strong in our weakness. So, let's get off the sidelines. Race is there. We have every opportunity to step out of these doors and go run it tonight. Ask yourself, what's in here? Don't think about anybody else. Think about yourself. Think about your pride. Think about the things that hold your desires. Think about the things that hold your thoughts. Think about the things you watch, the things you put in your ears. Think about those things and say, is God pleased with my life? Am I led by the Holy Spirit or am I led by myself? Because your sin is a very, very, very serious thing. Even one single sin was enough to put him on the cross and he was going to die for it. He didn't care if it was just one person. He was going to die for it. And he was going to redeem us. But it is our responsibility to lean on him. It's our responsibility to put our faith in him and allow him to transform our lives. That is our responsibility. He's not going to force us to love him back. There's some things that are heavy on y'all's hearts tonight. So, I don't care if it's in your seat or if you come down here or if you got to talk to me, you got to talk to your friend. This is your opportunity to put to death the deeds of your flesh. This is an opportunity to ask God to give you strength to not give up. Go to God tonight. Feel his love. Know that he is crazy about you. Let him remind you how much he loves you and how much he cares about every little thing that is going on in your life. I pray that you would just go to him. I pray that you would go to him.
I pray that you would let him talk to you. And if the thing that you're so nervous about giving up, I pray that you would give it up. Because I'll be right there with you. We'll all be right there with you. Because we're a body. And when one part of the body suffers, the whole body suffers. When my right foot hurts, my left foot's got to compensate. We'll be right here. And we're going to keep pressing forward. We're going to keep pressing on. And we're never going to quit. Let's just think about who we're about to go to. Father, thank you for loving us. Father, thank you for being my strength. Father, thank you for making me more than a conqueror. Father, I pray for the people in this room that are struggling with giving up, that are struggling with putting to death things of the flesh, They're struggling with their salvation, Lord. I pray that you would give them full understanding through your Holy Spirit. 